know. So Alcoholics Anonymous is one alcoholic helping another. It's a hand-in-hand link in the chain, starting with Bill and Bob and going down through this legacy of sober members. That's what our groups do. That's the way that our communication works in general service also. It's a link in the chain from Mm -hmm. the member to the group to the district to the area to the delegate to the conference. I heard it through the grapevine. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour, featuring the collective voices of Alcoholics Anonymous. Hey, Don. Hey, everybody. I'm Sam, an alcoholic in Palm Springs, California. Hey, Don, what have you been up to? I'm GSR for the Uh, general service representative, the contact person between the home group and the service structure. Right. I'm GSR for my home group here in North Carolina, and I go to the district meetings, and I went to the Area 51 Spring Assembly for the weekend. That's the North Carolina Assembly, and it was June 17th, 18th, and 19th. Wait a minute, Area 51, isn't that like out in Nevada or something? (laughs) No, no, no. It, you're going to hear about that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, you and I talked a little bit about you doing that, and and we thought it would be cool to do some interviews and kind of give an audio picture of how the assembly operates. Yeah, so I'm like a court reporter. <laughs> <laughs> I set up interviews with what we Quakers would call weighty friends, the big <laughs> wigs. And I was thinking this is going to be great because it's the chair people of the area, you know, but I got so nervous to talk to them. I was uh, getting ready to drive to Charlotte and I got a call independently from each one of them. Each one of them? All three of them called me up to say, Don, Now, what is this we're going to be doing? I'm so nervous about this. (laughs) (laughs) I kept saying, why are you nervous? You've got to sit up on this dais that's six feet up in the air and talk to 300 people. Don't be nervous about just talking into my phone, which is why I just recorded on my phone. And it, it was kind of a spiritual experience for me in a way, because it was very leveling. I realized even though they're six feet up in the air, <laughs> I don't need to put them on a pedestal. You know, that's that's where that comes from. Being on a pedestal, yeah. it's they're just other alcoholics who are in positions of service to Alcoholics Anonymous. The same thing that I'm doing, and we're all just trying to see what we can do to help another alcoholic. That's it. Well, so today we have three folks from just before everything got started on Friday afternoon, and then three folks recorded at the end of the weekend. The first three are the assembly chair, the area delegate, and the area archivist, three elected positions. And then we're going to have a couple of GSRs and a DCM. Yeah, they're the uh, the trusted servants of at the group and district levels. Folks from all over NC coming to vote and to hear the delegates report on the annual conference in New York. But first, let's meet Denise, Rayner, and Keith. Here we go. Grapevine does not accept donations, but you can offer your support by making a purchase at store.aagrapevine.org or buy the Carry the Message gift certificates to sponsor Grapevine subscriptions for alcoholics in need. That's store.aagrapevine.org. 
Order a copy of the new book, Fun in Sobriety, and join us August 22nd for a group discussion. Participate by calling 212-870-3418 with your reflections on Fun in Sobriety, and we may play it on the show. That's 212-870-3418. My name is Denise M. I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. My home group is the Valley Group. My sobriety date is November 5th, 2003. What's your position here at the Assembly? Area Chair of Area 51, which is always very fun, being Area 51. Um, (laughs) And it's just all of the areas are numbered, and we just happen to get number 51 because we are North Carolina, and that's where North Carolina falls in the alphabetical list. But we have a lot of fun with Area 51. Yeah, I've seen blow-up aliens on stage. You will see aliens everywhere this weekend. All right. What does the chair do? So there's stuff that happens inside North Carolina and there's stuff that happens outside of North Carolina, right? So conference is outside. So that's not my responsibility. Anything that happens inside North Carolina is the responsibility of the chair. What would you say that your position as chair, how does that help the alcoholic who walks in want to know how am I going to quit drinking today? That is a really good question because it is sometimes really hard to connect those dots. And the area is part of the general service structure of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? So we are just one piece of a much larger whole. So if you're at your home group and you think of an idea for the most magnificent pamphlet ever, right, that nobody's ever thought of, and you think Alcoholics Anonymous should make this pamphlet, Home groups don't do that service, right? That's something that's done at a different level, much farther down the triangle. So if you wanted to follow the structure, you could at your home group vote on it and say, yes, we think this is a good idea and bring it to your district and the district might agree and say, yes, that's a good idea. And then it would end up on the area agenda and the whole area would discuss it. Maybe the whole area decides this is the best pamphlet ever and we really need to get this done then it would go to conference, right? So that's how we would fall into that, like getting this pamphlet out the door that would help the suffering alcoholic. That's how the area could assist in that process. And when you say go to conference, you mean that it then would go above the area level to the- Below. Below the- the Upside down triangle. I always get that (laughs) Yes. So what's something that has happened since you've been area chair that is that really just tickles you that you've been able to see through coming back to in person I mean that's it's been thrilling right no kidding I was alternate chair before I was chair so I you know worked hand in hand with our previous area chair as we moved from in-person assemblies to a virtual format And it's been thrilling to be back in person. But another really cool thing, and this might be too much of a nuanced thing, but I think it's really cool, is because we got so used to using virtual platforms, Mm -hmm. we've carried that into the way we do business in the area. We have subcommittees, and they all have started using Zoom accounts and meeting more regularly, which has been really cool to see that, that you know people don't have to get in their cars and travel to do service work. 
because that's not really very efficient, especially with gas being as expensive as it is right now. So we've been able to use some of those virtual tools and pull them in and make them part of our everyday business. I even called a virtual officers meeting at one point, which had never been done before, I don't think, as that for my previous yeah. chair. Yeah. What do you do to stay sober today and how does this work fit into your recovery? I have a sponsor who continuously reminds me that I can't get so busy doing service work that I forget that I'm an alcoholic and I need the program too, right? Mm-hmm. Because Airy chair is a big job. It takes a lot of time, but I keep doing what I've always done, right? I go to meetings. I have little service jobs in my home group, nothing big. Yeah. Sponsor people, continue to stay in touch with my sponsor, just stay plugged into the program. So I do everything I did before. I just have this other extra stuff that I do too. (laughs) Well, Denise, thanks for talking with us. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you get some really good interviews this weekend. My name is Rainer L. I am an alcoholic. My sobriety date is January 2nd, 2005. My home group is at the Crossroads in Wilmington, North Carolina. Rainer, what is your position at the assembly? So I am currently serving as Area 51's delegate. I'm a Panel 71 delegate, which means that I'm in my second year. I always try to remember that my real position is member, Mm -hmm. that there's no higher position in AA than member. What does the delegate do? I travel around the area. I speak with members about their thoughts and concerns about the issues on the conference agenda so that I can carry those voices with me and contribute them at the General Service Conference. And the General Service Conference, describe that for somebody who doesn't know anything about the structure. A spiritual experience not to be missed. There are 134 conference members. There are 93 area delegates from across the United States and Canada. We have 21 trustees of alcoholic and non-alcoholic, our paid staff members at the General Service Office. It's an annual conference, happens for about a week. It was in Brooklyn this year, which was really neat, and it was in person, which was a fantastic treat. What can you tell us that happened at the conference that would be of interest to everyone? So there was a lot of buzz after last year's conference about the things that we did with the revision to the preamble, the approval of the production for a fifth edition of the big book, the plain and simple translation of the big book. We did the work of Alcoholics Anonymous this year, but I think that the character of the conference was much more in the prudence and the things that we didn't do. Mm -hmm. How does higher power fit into the work that a delegate does? The alcoholic that I am, selfish and self-centered to an extreme, you know, to be able to step back from my proud assumptions that I know what's best for me, that I know what's best for you, to learn to listen to the collective wisdom that's being shared from other people, to consider the fact that I could perhaps be wrong, um, (laughs) you know, and to come to an an organic, God-driven group conscience, you know, to come together with other people. I was never interested in another person's understanding. I had my way. I had my will. Being part of something else is is a big part of my spiritual understanding and my relationship with God. Have you ever seen higher power move an assembly or move a conference where you've seen something change that you could say, "This this is bigger than the driving force of individuals here? Yes, and one of the great ways that that happens within our service world is in the minority opinion. So... 
typically what happens is we have our full discussion and then we have a vote. And at the conclusion of a vote, the chair will ask for the minority opinion, for the people who voted against, and they have an additional opportunity to speak. And over and again, I've seen that quiet voice of the minority bring up a point or a principle which had not been previously considered, and it reverses the whole direction of the group. Yes, I've seen that. And the way AA works is really remarkable in that it's not just the majority opinion. And in general service, you know, I am the Area 51 delegate, but I'm there to serve Alcoholics Anonymous as a whole. And so by listening to the group, I have an opportunity to act on information not considered and to allow for the expression of the God of our second tradition. Rainer, how do you stay sober today, and how does the work that you're doing as delegate fit into that? So I try to remember first and foremost, you know, I'm not cured. What I have is a daily reprieve contingent upon the maintenance of my spiritual condition. And one of the ways that I try to maintain that is through connection with other people. I was told early on that I could measure my distance from God based on my distance from other people. So having regular contact, going out into the world, is an important part for me as a recovering member. I was a shut-in drunk at 24 years old. And so to be a part of life at last, that was what I first found as the magic of alcohol when I was 13 sitting on the tracks and drinking a 40, (laughs) was this feeling of being part of life. So to go out into the world to engage with other people, it's a spiritual connectedness. You know, of course, I have the personal recovery in terms of regular communication with the sponsor, a prayer life, sponsees, a home group when I'm in town and able to attend it. Yeah. So it's not your natural inclination to stand in front of 500 people and give a report? (laughs) That is a safe thing to say. (laughs) But recovery for me happens from going to uncomfortable places. I don't grow by staying within a comfort zone. You know, the comfort zone is always the same. It's that small, dark place. It's drinking by myself in the attic, you know, turning the lights off to pretend like I'm not home. That's my comfort place. And if I want something else, I have to do something else. And by engaging in this larger world, I have a sobriety which is more than mere abstinence. I found my sponsor in the ice cream aisle of a food line grocery store. I struck up a conversation because I was desperate to have a conversation with somebody and he was the Area 51 literature coordinator and he introduced me to a world in Alcoholics Anonymous that was not just me that was not just my home group it was not just Wilmington it's a world that has grown broadened and deepened in a way which is just more and more wonderful as time goes by Rainer, thanks for taking time to talk with us today truly a pleasure, thank you Hey, I'm an alcoholic. My name is Keith. Sobriety date is 6 My home group is the Morning Meditation Group, and we meet in Cary. I am the Area 51 archivist. It's a six-year commitment. It's the only one that's six years, and I'm in my fifth year. And it's, it's my favorite service position I've ever had because I love history. Archivist is history. What does that involve? In Area 51 for AA, the scope is basically that we're collecting information on AA history related to North Carolina. Most of it is tapes, 
a lot of records from our committee and assembly meetings and just whatever people have donated to the archives over the years. What's something that's in the archives that really trips your trigger? The, well, the first thing that came to mind is a letter from Dr. Silkworth to one of our members. Somebody wrote to Dr. Silkworth in the 40s mm-hmm. and invited him to come speak, and they went back and forth. And Dr. Silkworth shared with that person what he thought the solution was. Wow. That was very interesting. There's another gentleman who, they had a club in Henderson, North Carolina, and every letter he wrote, he created a copy of it. So we have all of his letters that dealt with the home group at that club in the club, and, and a lot of the correspondence with him and those letters really tripped my trigger. Wow, what is it about them? Just the... Yeah, the stories. Yeah. Like, so I love stories. AA's got its own story. Everybody's got their story, right? Uh-huh. That's where I connect with people. So all of those letters, there's a story. So he's writing a letter to Bally because he wants to have slot machines in his club. He's writing to a place to get a pool table. And then there's stories of like, hey, we haven't seen you for a while. We need to get your keys back. Or, hey, if you want to be a part of our group, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And this is before the the traditions came out. So they were doing their best. I'll go in there. No one's ever gone through and documented everything we have, and I'm in the process of doing that and putting Mm -hmm. it into a a database. And so when I go in there and I start looking through stuff to put it in the database, I just get lost in the stories. And it's like four hours later, and it's, it's like, oh, wow, I was only supposed to be here for 10 minutes. So how does being an archivist help you in your recovery? The stories, again, my whole life I've told myself stories. So there's big stories and there's little stories. So my big story coming into AA is I hated my father and I couldn't let go of hating my father. That's a big story. I kept telling myself over and over every day, I hate my father for X whatever reason. Another big story was I could drink like a normal person. When I came into AA, and I had no way of letting go of those stories. So I come into AA, they talk about our solution, the steps, and a relationship with a higher power, a home group, service position in my home group, and then helping other men get and stay sober. All that stuff helped me let go of these stories. So the big story with my father, I was able to let go of that through the steps, right? But every single day, I tell myself little stories. So I'm driving and someone doesn't drive the way I want them to. I'm telling myself a story and I've realized through reading all these stories in the archives that I can let go of them if I want to. I can stay in a state of dis-ease that might take me to a drink again or I can let go of these stories that are going over and over in my head with the steps. There's a lot of parts to we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. It's not that our past changed, but the story changes. That we're telling ourselves about that because we're doing a spiritual solution on it instead of just trying to figure it out on our own. Yeah, and that's where the archives come in. I mean, and, and really, like all the basic stuff with service, it gets me outside of myself. I get to help other people, but when I'm in service in the archives or one-on-one with another alcoholic, I'm outside of myself. And it just feels so good to help other people and to like progress the archives or to help somebody get past, let go of their story or, you know, working one-on-one with them. That's what service does for me. Wow. Helps me let go of stuff. Thanks so much for talking today. I appreciate you having me. Okay, now we'll meet Debbie, who has a lot of experience in service work. And then Patrick and Rachel, who were at the assembly for the first time. I talked to them at the very beginning of the weekend to set up. Mm -hmm. At the end, I'm going to record something and get your reflections on what the weekend was like for you. I was thrilled to see that they both volunteered to help in the assembly. Patrick was announced as one of the vote counters, and (laughs) (laughs) Rachel walked up on stage before the speaker meeting on Sunday and read one of the tools. 
Wow. And that that's an intimidating experience to walk up on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So you said they volunteered. Right. Did they volunteered or were they voluntold? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) I love I mean, here's a couple of people first assembly and they're jumping in. That's really cool. Ah, way to do it. And you know what? Participating changes the whole experience every time. Well, let's give them a listen. Hey, I'm Debbie and I'm an alcoholic. I'm from Wilmington, North Carolina, and my home group is the Midtown Group. Is this your first assembly? No, it is not. I've been coming to these assemblies since about 1999. And the first time I came, someone brought me here. I had no idea what an assembly was. Uh, My brother had just died suddenly. I was confused, just kind of lost and didn't know what I was doing. And um, I'd been sober for about 10 years before I went to my first assembly. And it was like going to this magical place where people were just so excited about service. And I was hearing about all the services that had impacted me before I got sober and then during my recovery, corrections, treatment, public information like but I was never really aware of how it all worked Mm -hmm. and and how I could contribute to that process. So how long have you been a GSR? Well I'm actually a DCM now but Uh I was a GSR in the early 2000s then my son was born I took a little break Uh, I've always had corrections commitment but my real service and general service has probably been the last six years and I was a GSR at my home group but I've always been part of a home group that had a GSR and strongly encouraged the alternate to go to the assembly. So going to these assemblies, it was like, that's how I learned about the process, what was in the service manual. Area 51 has these policies and procedures manuals, like the secret information that nobody knows is there, but it's just amazing (laughs) how much resources we have, not only the people around us, but on the AA website, area website, there's so much information at our disposal and pamphlets had how to be a GS. Like people were talking yesterday about job descriptions. Well, there's job descriptions in our service materials. Yes. Job description. What's a DCM? A DCM is a district committee member and we work to get the groups in our district excited about service and encourage them to come to the assemblies. We encourage them to put on workshops and we just try to reach out to them to let them know what's going on at the area and the GSO level. Debbie, what's something that's happened this weekend that's really struck you? What's been amazing is seeing the women in my sponsorship line, in my home group, and in my district just really get excited, and men, of course, sorry, but just get them excited about service and seeing how they're participating in the process. And we got a whole group of people to rent them in and go to the pre-conference, and every single one of those people, except for a couple, are here today, this weekend. So just watching them, you know, sit through the meetings, ask questions, vote, participate. It's been a spiritual experience for me to see that happen and to see what was somebody brought to me when they just brought me to my first assembly. I get to see that happen to other people. What's something that you could say a way to interest someone who is new to AA to the idea of participating at the district level Mm -hmm. or perhaps coming to assembly? I would say go to a district meeting, even if you don't know what we're talking about. Somebody brought me to my first district meeting. Someone brought me to my first assembly. And it wasn't until years later, like I can look back and see what happened. But I heard a few years ago, someone say, we always have speakers from GSO come and speak on Sunday morning. And they said, 
getting involved in general service will change your life. And I have seen that happen in my life and the people around me to watch people go through different positions that become delegates and become, you know, our delegate at the general service conference. And if my group is not participating at the district area level, then our group doesn't have a voice at the general service conference. So for me, it was the fear of missing out. Once I'd been to a couple, <laughs> I was like, oh, you're all going this weekend. I don't have a service position, but I'm going to go with you, you know, just, just to go and see what it's like. And every time I come to an assembly, I get ideas that I can take back to my group. And so hearing people share with the area inventory we did last night, hearing ideas and I always think, oh, I need to do more, but we do what we can. And then the people that come behind us will, will carry that on. Hey, I'm Patrick and I'm an alcoholic. Uh, my home group is the Bull Night House. I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina, and my sobriety date is October 20th of 2020. We got to stop everything. The Boiled Night Owls. The Boiled Owl, that was the name of the podcast that Sam and I did before we began doing the Half Hour Variety Hour. Yeah, it's also a reference from the big book. Um, Exactly. Yeah, so it was a a group of young women that put together a Zoom meeting because they wanted to talk about the big book, uh, and it was my first introduction to AA. Is this your first time as a GSR? Yes, this is my first time as a trusted servant, as GSR. as a result of my experience with AA and Zoom, I hit the streets and found the people in Raleigh that were a part of the fellowship. How do you think that coming to an assembly that's all weekend long is helping your sobriety? Well, it just shows me the fellowship is a lot larger than I thought it would be. You know, we're in North Carolina, but there's 300 people here that I would have not necessarily met. It's just opened my eyes to a lot more of what the fellowship is. What's one thing that's happened this weekend that has been fun? I really enjoyed going through the archive rooms, just uh, seeing some of the history. AA's been around for 87 years now, and there's so much that I don't know. So just getting bits and pieces and and snapshots of time, uh, what was AA way before I even got here, that's something I enjoy looking into. I'm Rachel. I'm an alcoholic. I am from Wilmington, North Carolina. My home group is Living Sober. We meet at Wrightsville Beach, and I am in District 3. Rachel, is this your first assembly? It is my first assembly. So we're recording this now on Sunday, Mm -hmm. and we've had all day Saturday from... All day. (laughs) It was like all day, ending late at night. It ended at 11 o'clock. So what's your uh, general impression So I really didn't, I mean, I knew the agenda items and what we were coming to do, but I don't learn unless I experience something. So this was really fascinating for me. How does this relate to you staying sober? From a personal recovery, this weekend was really important to me because recently I've experienced um, some personal losses with people as a result of this disease. So oh, and having I'm sorry. that's okay. But having a daughter myself, it was just really important to be a part of the conversation of preserving AA for future members. It's been really hard for me to go to meetings recently, just because of the personal heartache. But being here and being a part of this service work has kind of allowed me to get reconnected and get re-enthused on what I can do to ensure my own sobriety and ensure that this is available for future alcoholics. Which is what it's all about. 
Right. What's your favorite thing that's happened this weekend? So I think it was probably the agenda item that aroused some controversy and people came to the mics. And what originally would have been my vote or the home group's vote on the agenda item was swayed by informed decision from the collective whole. That was really fascinating. I also learned call the question. I didn't know what that meant. Um, so I told my sponsor, I said, can I do that at my next business meeting for my home group? <laughs> Just not too early. <laughs> Correct. Call the question is a way someone will say, we've had enough discussion. It's time to vote. Right. I was excited that I got to really see you know, our group conscious in action. Wow, yeah, me too. I also was going to vote the other way. And after the discussion on all the points that were brought forth, I was swayed. And in fact, almost everyone was swayed to change their vote. Yeah, that was another interesting thing was that after the discussion, it was still practically unanimous. What would you say to somebody who has never been before would be a good reason to come? So to connect with other members. I think any time that we you know, are meeting statewide, it's very empowering to feel a part of a greater whole. Rachel, thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. You know, I love hearing these people who are showing up to take care of AA for us and just, you know, their experiences on this stuff. It, it charges me up. Yes, indeed. Well, here's the truth. I found the whole thing to be incredibly boring. <laughs> and incredibly stimulating. You know, at the Is same- that another one of those AA paradoxes? <laughs> yeah. That's the way life is. I mean, life is boring and sometimes and you just have to do the boring parts to get to the good parts. <laughs> the business part of the assembly, you know, it's tedious, but I know it's important. I know it needs to be done. But Oh, man, the connections with all the drunks, the new friends made, the old friends met, and all the enthusiasm and gratitude for AA and the new life that's been given us. To sit there in all of that and hear everyone express it and to see it, it's infectious. I am charged up. It's, it's a consummation devoutly to be wished. Um. Yeah, you you took the words right out of my mouth there. <laughs> it's Shakespeare. Oh, I just want to say though, you said the business part is tedious. I yeah. just want you to remember that there are people like me that love the business parts. <laughs> That's right. I was talking to the DCM for my district, and she said that. The more you learn about it and the more you see it operate, it becomes less tedious because it becomes a lot more meaningful. Yeah, very true. That's definitely my experience, too. What's happening? I recently read that consuming alcohol can lead to bad decisions. Oh, yeah? How's that? Well, ill health, relationship trouble, various legal problems. Eh, what can you do? <laughs> yeah. Right then and there, I decided I'd have to give it up. Drinking? No! Reading! 
<laughs> it's really not that funny. Thanks for joining us. The AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour is posted every Monday and is produced by AA Grapevine, Inc. We don't speak for AA as a whole. We share the experience, strength, and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism. Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. Find AA Grapevine on Instagram and the AA Grapevine channel on YouTube. All things Grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. If you want to know more about AA, Google Alcoholics Anonymous and your city or visit aa.org. Thanks, Sam. Hey, Don, thanks for jumping in and doing all that. I know you, that you kind of missed having the little salmony cricket on your shoulder throughout the whole thing. <laughs> He's always there. <laughs>